Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Life in the Red podcast. Luke Mullen and Amy Just, as usual. A lot to talk about today. We got some spring football updates, a lot of movement in the basketball transfer portal, a lot of different spring sports going on too, but mostly... The weather's beautiful. I mean, I'm, I'm ready to get outside. What are we doing recording a podcast in here? It's a little hot. <laughs> um, I'm not used to the, you know, roller coaster type sure. weather. Um, but yeah. And then, of course, it's going to be cold this weekend. Yes. Because of course it is. Um, but yeah, it was good this morning for my run. So Excellent. Yeah, we've all we've all been enjoying that, too. It's a it's a big change. You mentioned the roller coaster. I mean, our first open practice, it was like, what, 30 degrees out there? I mean, if it was that. Yeah, it was ridiculous versus our last one. It's 50, 60, whatever. It's, you know, it's it's shorts. It's uh, it's get out there and <laughs> and get going as opposed to the, the cold that these guys were dealing with. But as we're talking about spring camp uh, Thursday, by the way, Nebraska's 11th practice of the spring. Uh, so we're really kind of in the, into the home stretch here. Things ramping up towards that red-white spring game, uh, but they will practice again Saturday. Uh, probably a scrimmage in that one, as they usually do a week beforehand, mm-hmm. and then again Tuesday, Thursday before that red-white game. And we heard a little bit from Matt Rule about maybe what that's going to look like. You know, he he didn't want to lock anything in, which you understand uh, with a few practices to go. But he mentioned, you know, he, he hopes it's a true scrimmage, offense versus defense, and he's hoping that the quarterbacks will be live in it. Yeah, of course, you know, that it's going to uh, – how it's going to work is, you know, obviously deals with health, right? Like if you can't – if you don't have enough guys to go, then okay. Um, he's done the offense-defense thing before, kind of like they did here previously. Yep. He doesn't want to do that, but if he has to, he has to. It's just going to depend on numbers. Um, but, yeah, the live quarterbacks will be interesting. Again, he didn't want to – get himself into a corner, box himself in. Um, but that's the plan as of right now is to make those guys live, which we're going to we're gonna see what they're made of, I guess. Definitely. Well, I mean, they, they've been talking about practice like you play. And, mm-hmm. I mean, if there's any example of that, it's, it's the quarterbacks because they want them to run. So Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Should be interesting. I hope they're live. Um, I also hope no one gets hurt. Yes. <laughs> um, I've been there. Um, it was not live. It was 2016 spring game at KU. Um, the starting quarterback uh, got r- tackled weirdly, um, and he tore his ACL, MCL, and meniscus. So, and was out for the season. So, you don't want that to yeah. happen. Anything, um, anything could happen in, in yeah. one play, one rep. So, yeah, but yeah, that was that's probably the worst thing I've. Think I've seen in spring. Yeah, that's that's pretty freaky for uh, a spring game. Yeah, spring game. Yeah, definitely. but I'm not putting it out there. It already happened. Yep. You just years, <laughs> years in the past. Yeah. We're, we're um, recalling something here. Yeah. So, yeah, you just hope nobody gets hurt. But certainly, well, we've you know we've been looking at some of these different position groups. You know, some of these different players. Um, you know, hearing from coaches, of course, like I said, we've been at a couple practices. 
And one of the things that stood out to me, you know, both from watching the coach's demeanor and from what we've heard of them uh, is just how much they're focusing on some of the small details. There's really a, a big top-down focus on, hey, let's lock down some of these small things because they the coaches are, are really recognizing that they're, they're throwing a lot at these players right now. And, you know, they're, they're trying, I think, to break it down into small chunks, some of those small details and stuff. Yeah, it's like learning a language, right? Mm-hmm. You start with your basics and you build from there. If you don't have your basics, you can't build. You've got nothing. So I think that's really important that they're starting small, honing in on the little stuff, um, because if you can't perfect that, you can't go anywhere. Got to learn the alphabet before you learn the language. Exactly. (laughs) And a a few of these specific players that we want to touch on, uh, we heard from the specialists a few days ago, Timmy Bleakroad, Brian Buscini, those returners there at kicker and punter, uh, talking a lot about how they've enjoyed learning from Ed Foley kind of the NFL perspective that he's brought to the team, obviously really experienced both at college and the pros. And Brian Buscini, really cool, uh, I think, tribute gesture that he made, changed his uniform number uh, to number 18 in honor of Brooke Berenger. Yeah, I, I was glad to hear his perspective on that. Mm-hmm. Um, he said a little something earlier on social media about it, but you can tell it really means a lot to him. Obviously, he didn't meet Brooke. Uh, Brooke passed away probably before he was even alive. Um, But he was just so moved by Brooke's faith and his commitment to the game and just everything who he was as a person um, that he wanted to change his number to honor him. And I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, you can tell that Bushin, he's a really caring guy in general. So I think a, a a lot of aspects there match up and a great gesture from a guy who's who's a big leader as well, uh, deserving, you know, to, to wear a number and recognize a, a guy like that. So yeah. really cool to see for sure. Yeah, and, yeah, absolutely. And it's just like, you know, yeah, that number is really special here. There's a couple pretty special numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're going to wear it, you know, it's good to know the people who came before you and to honor them with that. Certainly. And on the defensive side of the ball, again, you know, we we heard from defensive coordinator Tony White today. Uh, we've heard a lot about the install, you know, the learning aspect, the the curve for this three three five defense. Uh, but one of the things that's most interesting to me is kind of the linebacker group because we've heard this this position, the Jack linebacker, kind of a, a hybrid outside uh, versus pass rusher kind of type. Uh, which is kind of one of the more interesting things because these linebackers are going to move all over in this defense. We kind of knew that, but Jamari Butler uh, was working at that. MJ Sherman, also one of those guys in the mix. And Jamari Butler in particular, uh, you know, he he was more of a a pass rusher last year. So it's kind of interesting for me to see how the staff identifies these guys, you know, regardless of what they were doing last year and just saying, hey, as long as they train in this role for a couple months, they're going to fit what they want. I mean, A.J. Rollins. Yeah. He looks the part. Oh, definitely. He looks the part. We haven't talked to him yet, obviously, but we've seen him walking around, seen him at practice. He's going to fit right in on defense for sure. Certainly. And that linebacker group, uh, some of the terminology, Mike, Will, uh, these are the different spots. You know, Mike kind of a a middle linebacker type. Will kind of the weak side, Mm -hmm. you know, coverage a little bit more so. Still a lot to be decided. You know, Nick Henrik not practicing this spring. So who fills those exact roles? Plenty of time uh, to figure that out. But, you know, we, we've been watching where these guys have been working with in practice. And, you know, things can be jumbled. But one of the more interesting things I saw, Blaze Gunnarsson was working with the interior defensive lineman 
uh, on Tuesday, mm-hmm. which is interesting because he was a, a you know D lineman edge rusher type last year. Uh, but staff clearly identified they think that he can fill one of those perhaps down lineman roles. I think that could work. I really do. Obviously, it's early. Mm-hmm. It's so early, right? And he's learning, but that could really work. Like, especially they don't have a whole lot of numbers there. Yeah. Um, so that that position change, if it is a true position change, uh, could be beneficial for everybody involved. Yeah, he's athletic, probably a, a little bit smaller when you have him standing up there, you know, mm-hmm. to Stefan Wynn and Nash Hutmaker, he looks a little bit smaller, but definitely I, I agree with you too. I think as long as he gets some of that interior technique down, mm-hmm. uh, it'd be really interesting to see his potential as a, a little bit different, you know, body type than what they see a lot in a lot of those uh, linemen up front. Yeah, but strength is strength. Definitely. <laughs> and while we're talking about these linemen, um, Matt Rule, really impressed with a couple of the early enrollees. He mentioned Cam Lenhart, uh, Prince Will Uman Mielin, uh, both kind of working with the ones a little bit. And again, you know, they've been mixing guys in. Don't read, you know, too much into the mm-hmm. depth chart or whatever, you know, groups or, or teams that they're working with here. But that's high praise from a head coach for having those two guys kind of come in, hold their own against veterans there. And he also mentioned... Uh, Maverick Noonan, Elkhorn South grad, he's been doing well as a pass rusher. And Gunnar Katula uh, here from Lincoln Southeast, working at left tackle, which is a really, really tough position for anybody, let alone a, a early enrollee freshman to come in and compete right away. Yeah, Whew. that's that's a tough ask. That's a tough ask, but you know you've got to be ready at some point. So why not start now? Yeah, and I would just say kind of the the physical stature of these different players, like Lenhart. And Prince Will, they very much look like college guys. Gatula also, I mean, he he looks like an like a tackle. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's it's very it's a position that obviously he played for Lincoln Southeast for a few years, but the body type, the demands for a, a college left tackle are a little bit different. But he's moving very well uh, in the drills that we've seen so far. So I agree with uh, with rules rules estimation. And by the way, the other early enrollees, uh, Kai Wallen. Sincere Safala and Dwight Boodle, uh, those last two defensive backs. Boodle finally cleared for uh, full practice a couple days ago. Uh, So those guys have been working as well. And one of the more bigger picture things I want to touch on, you wrote a column about it, uh, was real kind of talking about the need for confidence in this team. We've we've heard a few like bits and blurbs. He talked about the offensive line, kind of similar thought, but it's kind of interesting to hear from the, the head coach talking about how much these guys need confidence. Yeah, and in my column, I wrote that, you know, Rule's comments are not surprising because we heard the same sort of thing last season from, you know, Mickey Joseph and, you know, other, you know, members of the coaching staff, Mark Whipple, uh, very much so Mark Whipple. He uh, (laughs) he did not shy away from uh, how he felt about anything. Um, And so... It, to me, it wasn't surprising to hear those comments from Matt about confidence. Um, but yeah, it's definitely something that they need to work on, right? Because like, the when you're down twenty-four to seven, fourteen to three, like early in a game, like, are you gonna let that just let you not, you know, come back, or are you gonna laugh in the face of it and work to get better, like? You need to believe in yourself, and that's just 
I think the message that he wants to get across to them is like, you have to believe in yourself. Even when you're down 24, 14, you can't shoot yourself in the foot um, with your confidence, right? And so, yeah, it was really interesting um, to hear him wax poetic about that for several minutes. Yeah, I think it's it's interesting too because you wouldn't you wouldn't generally say that's his style. He's kind of said, oh, you know, I don't want to be a you know rah rah like cheerleader type, but clearly, I think you know he, he's a relationships person and he knows that instilling that confidence. Yeah, you can do it a little bit one-on-one, you know, your assistant coaches, but still you, you need to see the head coach out there saying, hey, I believe in you. I believe in this position group. I believe in this team. Yeah, and for me, like, Matt sees the potential in so many of these players. Like, Bryce Bennard, he said, oh, like, I think he's, you know, an NFL, like, talent. Like, mm-hmm. I, th- I think he can really get there, but does he believe in himself? And he, and then he was quick to point out, it's not just Bryce, it's everyone. Yep. Um. And yeah, that was really interesting to me. Certainly. And one uh, one other quick note: uh, wide receiver room. We heard from Garrett McGuire a couple of days ago. Uh, he, you know, he had mentioned before kind of his his snacks tactic: get the guys in to get some film study by having some snacks out uh, ready, you know, ready for them. But one tidbit that I thought was really interesting, glad that he shared it, was that he lets some of the veterans like Josh Fleeks, Billy Kemp, are the two guys that he mentioned. He lets them kind of get up in his chair, run through some of that film study. And he mentioned that's kind of a that's a powerful thing for the guys in the room when they're being taught by their teammates. And it's a, a very collaborative approach to learning. Uh, really interesting to, you know, a lot has been made. Oh, you know, he's young, he's inexperienced, whatever. But that's a very like emotionally intelligent move, I would say, by recognizing that these guys are going to learn well from each other from each other. Yeah. Let leaders lead. And I think that's a great example of that. Even if there are honey buns involved. <laughs> that's sounding good. Eh? <laughs> let's, let, let's get some film study. <laughs> but moving on to uh, want to touch on some recruiting as well. There's been some uh, some updates to get through. Uh, recently, Matt Rule released his summer camp schedule. Uh, Friday night's Friday Night Lights camp, that will return as well as a specialist camp and a fullback camp. Let's go. <laughs> the fullback, a whole whole day of learning for the fullbacks of the world. That is so Nebraska. Yes. I love it. Get the get the neck the neck pads out there. Let's uh let's get ready for it. Let's go. <laughs> and uh, first 2024 in-state commit also on the board for Nebraska, uh, Elkhorn South's Ashton Murphy, a guy who plays both offensive and defensive line uh, for the Storm, but a lot of attention from defensive line coach Terrence Knighton. Uh, they see him coming in at, at defensive end right away and talked to him yesterday. Really impressed. Seems like a, a really intelligent player. And plus, he, he told me he wants to get into mechanical engineering. And I'm like, okay, well, that's, that's you know, that'll go over my head. So I don't, yeah, I don't even know what you're I, doing there, man. I mean, linemen can be very, very Absolutely. smart. Very smart. Yes. And so that's not surprising to me that a lineman wants to go into – a very challenging field, um, but best wishes. That's that's incredible. Yeah. Oh my goodness, that's that so hard. A lot on to- on top of you know being yeah, a, a football being, player, yeah. dealing with all that coursework. Yeah. But anyway, you know, he mentioned how when he's playing defense, he really likes to see how the play is developing. You know, how the space is going. Like those are the types of things that that goes through his head, which is really really good and good to hear. He's uh he's eager to learn, putting on 
some weight in the weight room. Uh, and again, first in-state commit for uh, the 2024 class for the Huskers, which coming off that big junior day, a few of those targets made their college choices uh, and a few of them going to Big Ten rivals, uh, Rockhurst, Kansas City offensive lineman Andrew Sprague was a big target for the Huskers. He committed to Michigan, uh, was up there, had a good visit with uh, with Michigan and pulled the trigger there, uh, deciding to go to the Wolverines. Uh, Sioux Falls, South Dakota linebacker Thomas Heiberger, he committed to Wisconsin. Fort Collins, Colorado offensive lineman Gage Ginter uh, committed to Tennessee. And Kindred, North Dakota lineman Riley Sunrum, he is going to Minnesota. So all those guys, uh, they're you know they're part of the targets, but hey, they had these other options. This is still early in the process. They decided to commit elsewhere. So just a couple updates uh, for that. Quieter weekend coming up on campus. Uh, a lot of a lot of recruits will be back for the spring game. Uh, so that's kind of your your quick recruiting update uh, as things are. But I think really interesting. We want to get into this. Uh, the transfer portal for men and women's basketball has been open, a lot of movement, uh, and in particular, the women's team, no transfers in yet, but a huge announcement from Jazz Shelley. She's coming back for year five. Yeah, that's going to help them a ton. Oh, absolutely. Um, you lose so much talent already with Izzy Bourne deciding to not use her fifth year, and then you know Sam Hybe, she has no more eligibility, so she can't come back. So that's going to boost them a ton. Um, you wonder how she's going to change her game. Uh, is she's going to score more because they need that. Yep. They need a more reliable scorer. She could do it. It's just does she want to because she's so selfless. Like, I think she'd rather have 10 assists than 25 <laughs> points. Definitely. Um, but, yes, yeah, so that's going to be that's gonna be huge for them. Um, she's just – an irreplaceable talent and having her for one more year is definitely going to give them the boost that they need. Yeah. I'm glad, I'm glad you brought up the scoring too, because if, you know, if she decided to move on, yes, you know, there are still quite a few returning contributors, but you look at her and you say that, you know, that's a dominant score. That's somebody, you know, fourth quarter game on the line, you know, game winning shot. That's somebody you want the ball in her hands. So mm-hmm. having her back is a, a great luxury to have that leader experience guard back for sure. Yeah. Without a doubt. And while we're on the topic of Australians, uh, a new signing uh, officially signed. I think she was committed for a couple months, but Jessica Petrie coming over from Australia. Uh, she had some experience, you know, playing for the Australian youth international teams. A really good scorer uh, down there as well. Joining the program, uh, she's a forward, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, six foot two, uh, played semi-professional basketball there. Uh, averaged 18 points and 8.8 rebounds per game. So continuing that Australian connection and adding potentially a, a big contributor for next year. Yeah, I think um, obviously there's a long way to go <laughs> before we can pencil in people for yep. places, but I feel like that she could be a potential replacement for what Izzy Bourne yeah. has you know, been giving this team. Obviously she's not Izzy, right? But she could grow into that, which would be cool. Certainly. And you know how good the scouting, you know, the scouting is down there. Clearly they have identified her as a, a player of interest. So we'll see how, how things shake out, but officially on her way uh, to Nebraska signed and ready. And in other news, a little bit of a coaching update. One of the veteran assistants from the team, Tom Gailey, retiring from coaching, uh, pursuing mission work and uh, coached, coached here for a long time been part of Amy Williams staff I think for pretty much the entire time and I'm sure he'll be missed amongst all those players and the other assistant coaches yeah so it's a huge loss like you just go through 
the quote tweets of Nebraska's announcement today, and you've got every player that has played here over the last, like, seven years, mm-hmm. and they're all singing his praises. Um, it's a huge loss. Like, he's been here for the past seven years, has coached with Amy for eight years, um, but he's been a coach for 30, yeah. and uh, it's time for him to do charitable work elsewhere is what the announcement said. So wish him the best. Um, he was always great to deal with from my perspective. Obviously, I didn't know him very long because I haven't been back very long. But um, he was always really nice. And um, it's definitely going to be a big hole for them to fill. Yeah, certainly. So one more thing for uh, Amy Williams to do in her off-season to-do list. Uh, that will be to, to fill that vacancy versus moving over to the men's team. Uh, they had a lot on their to-do list. We knew it was going to be a busy, active transfer portal season and already seeing the first kind of tangible uh, progress. Two commits coming on the same day. Uh, Let's start with uh, Charlotte guard Bryce Williams. Visited the team last weekend, committed on Wednesday. Uh, Caught a little bit of of him in the CBI. He signed today. They made it official. That's (laughs) quick. Yes, yes, they did. But I I caught a little bit of him in the the CBI. Had a really great tournament. Uh, Solid score, six foot seven. Uh, pretty, pretty big for a guard. Uh, good, good size. Good ball handling. Uh, those are just kind of my initial impressions, but should be a, a big addition there, a guard. Yeah, they still need like a point guard. Yep. Like he's more of like a two-three type yep. guy. Um, but they also need that because you don't have Sam Greasel, so um, you need you need to replace him there and. Uh, We'll see how he fits. Certainly. And he had, by the way, he had a lot of other teams interested in him. Not sure how many other visits he ended up going on, but there's a lot of interest in him, again, after a really strong season, a really good postseason performance. And how about the other commit, too? Two in one day, as I said, Bradley Bigman, Rinkmast, a six foot ten senior from the Netherlands, was first team All-Missouri Valley Conference selection last year. And that was also a huge need there to bring in an inexperienced big man in a, in a league that has a lot of those. Yeah, yeah. And if you're a big, why wouldn't you want to play for Fred Hoiberg? Like for sure, he he's really great with uh, posts and big forward, power forward type guys. So yeah, I'll be interested to see how Mast uh, comes into the fold. Um, but, yeah, uh, he had um, an offer from Iowa, um, mm. but decided to come here instead. So Husker fans should love hearing that. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly. And I'm glad you mentioned kind of Hoiberg's track record with big men because Mast, he was saying that he's heard that about him. He said he watched Derek Walker play. You know, he, he turned on the tape, said he liked what he saw and said, hey, maybe I could fill in that role, which is exactly what you want to see from the players that – They've thought about that. They've thought about how they're going to fit in the system, how they're going to get better. Uh, and by the way, he also has a 33% uh, three-point percentage in his career for uh, for big man. Not bad. <laughs> yeah, not too shabby. Not too shabby. Well, the Euro game is a little different. Oh, yes, yes. Good, <laughs> little, good point. A little point. different. <laughs> and that is, that's not it. Uh, a lot of other transfer portal targets. Nebraska is still going after quite a few. Uh, our colleague Sam McEwen from the World Herald reported that uh, – Fred Hoiberg and Nate Lesnar were out visiting Gonzaga transfer Hunter Salas on Sunday, a former five-star recruit out of Millard North. Kind of had a, a reserve or backup role for Gonzaga. 
a good a good guard, you know, working on some of his playmaking ability, uh, but probably wants a bigger role. That's why he entered the transfer portal. A lot of teams will be after him, including Nebraska. Uh, so it'll be very interesting to see. I, I watched him. He, he's put up some big performances at Pinnacle Bank Arena already. Uh, so that I will be very interested to see how this recruitment process in, in the transfer portal goes for him. Selfishly, I think it would be really cool if he came back. Absolutely. I I remember just uh, on a side note, I, I went to uh, a Miller North high school game, you know, at, at their own gym uh, when he was a senior there. And the way that he dunked, I mean, he, he was like jumping over the rim. I mean, his hops for the high school level were just incredible to watch. And to see that Part of that has, you know, still remained at Gonzaga, but you kind of want to see him in that, flea fr- in that free-flowing role. I'll just be excited to, to see wherever he ends up and, yeah. and see him continue growing and, you know, as a player and, and a, a scorer, perhaps. So Yeah, it'd be cool. And the other guys also on Nebraska's radar, uh, Sienna guard Javion McCollum, 17-point-per-game scorer last year, set to visit Nebraska this weekend, and Pittsburgh center John Hewley uh, will be in Lincoln in the next week or two, averaged 14.8 points, 7.9 rebounds per game to, for Pitt two years ago. Uh, so two of those guys also on Nebraska's radar. Yeah. Yeah, they need they need a point guard. Yeah. And then they need to figure out what Casey Tominaga is going to do. That is lost in all of yes, this. Yes, good point. Because um, he has not uh, announced what he's going to do one way or the other. It really wouldn't surprise me if he enters his name into um, – the pool to test the waters for the NBA Mm -hmm. draft um, while retaining his eligibility. That wouldn't surprise me at all just to get some feedback from scouts. Maybe he's invited to the G League Combine, you know, get some more uh, just feedback there. It really wouldn't surprise me. I'm not going to say that's happening, but it just, it wouldn't surprise me because I think he's at a stage where he needs all of the feedback possible. um, And that needs to be feedback from, people who aren't necessarily invested in his personal best interests. Um, but yeah, we'll see. But yeah, if he does do that, that, you know, kicks the can yes. uh, down a little bit longer. So yeah, great point because it, that'll impact the players that they're maybe looking after in the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. Also how many scholarships you have to. Yep. Uh, so a couple of considerations there for when he eventually makes that decision. Yep. And uh, a few other updates. Want to move on to some of the other uh, Nebraska sports in volleyball. Uh, shout out to the 2,000 plus Central City residents who sold out the spring scrimmage in under an hour. Some of them camped overnight at the school. They had a whole setup uh, for people to get in line. Really impressive. And by the way, they, they build a great new facility out there at Central City. Uh, they call it the Bison Dome. A nice gym there for uh, for their basketball, volleyball teams. And it'll be packed to the brim uh, there for the spring scrimmage this season. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to going there and just talking with all the people um, who get the awesome opportunity to watch the scrimmage. It's going to be fun. Yeah, really cool tradition, by the way, from John Cook, taking that on the road every year, going to different spots in Nebraska. Uh, a really cool, you know, connects with the communities. Always a, a great tradition that they look forward to. Yeah. Yeah, I wish they could do more than just one. Right. Right. You know, knock off. They a could couple do a whole places. series. Yeah, go yeah. to three or four. Yeah, it'd be cool. Um, but of course, you can only do one. So, but yeah, no, sold out in like fifty-two minutes. I think. Yeah. It's wild. Really impressive. Because you only you could only buy tickets in person. You couldn't buy them uh, online anywhere. It wasn't through the University of Nebraska. It was 
through the box office at Central City and you had to be there to buy them in person. And they started at 8 a.m. And people were there people at 8 p.m. Yep. <laughs> Nebraska fans. It's an event. Never, yes. never underestimate the dedication of a Nebraska fan. Just, just saying. Certainly. And an update uh, for the track and field teams, both the women's and the men's team uh, made their season debut in the outdoor top 25 rankings on Monday. Husker men are positioned at number six in the nation. Uh, the women in at number 15, both are the highest ranked Big Ten programs. Mentioned a couple times, Justin St. Clair doing a great job uh, with that team. They had a, a couple meets, but uh, big ones here coming up in May. Uh, so we'll, we'll keep an eye on them and doing very well nationally so far. Uh, that's the quick update for them. And softball uh, won two of three games over Maryland, their most recent series. Allowed just two runs all series. Sarah Harness and Courtney Wallace combined for a pair of shutouts. Of course, Nebraska got shut out in, in the game that they lost. So that's how that one went the other way. But we know how good those two pitchers are. Uh, but really a strong performance from them. And this one, big one coming up this weekend, three-game series up at Indiana. Our last podcast, I mentioned that they had a 20-plus game winning streak. Well, Maybe I jinxed it a little bit because that did get snapped <laughs> since our last podcast, but still one of the strongest teams in the Big Ten, uh, a potential postseason team there in Indiana. So big series for Nebraska softball. Yeah, that would be that would be good uh, to steal one or two of those um, for Nebraska so they could help their postseason chances as well. Certainly. And on to baseball, uh, good performance there up in Michigan. Uh, won two of three over the Wolverines, won the series, Emmett Olsen throwing a real gem there on Friday. Team fell behind on Saturday, could never rally. And then a great, great hitting performance there on Sunday. Got to give a shout out to a bullpen too that's been a little up and down. They've had some great stretches and this was one of them. Just two runs in 14 and two thirds inning, innings of relief work in that series. Uh, that's going to that's gonna win you a series against pretty much everybody. So long as your starters, you know, aren't, aren't getting knocked out of the game in the, the first or second inning. So really impressive from them. But on the flip side, they have kind of struggled in these midweek games. Uh, that continued 6-5 loss. It is a walk-off uh, Omaha beating Nebraska on its home field there. In extras. Yeah, on Tuesday. <laughs> Painful. Pretty rough. Especially after how Nebraska rallied. Yep. Down 4-0 early, came back. Yeah, it's a, it's a gut punch for sure. Yeah, yeah. Because you thought maybe the tide was turning, you know, top of the ninth. Omaha left three runners on base. You were down by one. They tied it up, forced it, and then block off. Just a gut punch. Definitely. And that's, by the way, that's 2-0 and for Omaha against Nebraska so far this season. So not a lot of uh, in-state wins for the Huskers so far. But when they are dropping these some of these Tuesday midweek games, uh, it really brings up the importance of the weekend series. And in particular, don't want to put too much pressure, but coming out of this one with a sweep would be really important. Northwestern, uh, the worst Big Ten team so far this year at 5-22. and 22. Uh, A lot of drama happened early in the year. They fired or a couple members of their coaching staff left six games into the year. I believe they've been replaced with uh, volunteers or, you know, local coaches who are helping out. But Northwestern, by the way, did win two of three against Illinois, uh, same as Nebraska. So they've been doing pretty well in conference play. Three of their five wins have come against Big Ten teams. Uh, but really going to be important for Nebraska. If you lose, if you lose one, two, or whatever it is, their RPI is going to drop a lot. Uh, so really important for them to stay strong and, and potentially come away at the series sweep. Yeah, yeah. If they lose two, tank. 
the, the, the their RPI will tank. Definitely. You can't you can't lose to Northwestern. But we said that for football season last year too. So you Any, never know yeah. what's gonna happen. That's anything, why they play the games. Anything can happen in sports. Anything can definitely happen in baseball. Uh, so yeah, just like you said, we will see how things turn out. Make sure to stay tuned. Uh, journalstar.com for all the updates uh, for all that baseball, softball, anything else happening this weekend. Amy will have a, a couple interesting stories for you as well, some different updates to come uh, from football. But I think that's all we got today. As I mentioned, red-white spring game coming up, more practice updates to come this next week. That's all we've got for today's Life in the Red. Appreciate all of you tuning in. We'll see you next week. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.